You're listening to The Shop Podcast, presented by Grey Goose Vodka. Whether it's a dinner party for 10 or a small kickback, you know the vibes will always be right if you're surrounded by your favorite people. And great company pairs best with a great cocktail. So make it a Grey Goose Martini cocktail. Impress your guests in style with an espresso martini or the always effortless classic martini with a lemon twist. No matter what you decide, everyone can appreciate the smooth, delicate taste that only a Grey Goose Vodka Martini can provide. For more info on how to craft a vodka-based cocktail, visit greygoose.com and remember to always sip responsibly. I've been working out since I was seven, eight years old. Like, but I never, Devin, even I if you're not in camp, you do something every day. I'm always working out. Like, you do something like, every day. I just, I just got to work out. Like, it's therapeutic for me. I you love know what? Okay. It's, it's actually a drug. Yeah, you get a release of yeah. chemicals. Yeah. As, I'm, as I'm hearing them talk, I'm realizing that's what I've been doing wrong. No I haven't been working. <laughs> I don't get no release of chemicals. <laughs> So release the chemical telling me to quit. You looking good though. How do you work out? I don't. On this episode of The Shop Uninterrupted, Maverick Carter and Paul Rivera are joined by Haha Davis. The internet wasn't supposed to take me where it took me to. It was just something to do. And then it just went from having fun to it became a job and it changed my life. Who knew a cell phone would change my life? You know what I'm saying? Eamon Joseph. I'm 45 years old, and I'm at peace with being 45 and alive to tell a story like Unk that a lot of other young men weren't able to tell. Devin Haney. But I also feel like I'm the best as well, so I don't even think about losing, but I know that it's possible. When you go in there, you, you take that risk, but uh, I'm willing to risk it all to win big. I'm betting on myself every time. And T Grizzly. It's crazy with artists, because it'd be like, Damn, like niggas want to be in the streets and niggas want to glorify this shit. And I'm really from the streets and that's the last thing I want to do. Check it out. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw Giannis, his press conference from the Bucks. I love that, that though. What he said about I love like, what failure, he did. right? Yeah, that was so dope. We're talking about boxing. Is, did, did Ryan Garcia fail? Is there failure and a loss? Is there failure and a competition? I don't think so. Goal? That's my point. I think it's, I mean, if, if you train all this time for something, then it's failure at some point. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, you was planning to succeed. I mean, you failed at that point in time. I mean, you always come it's back a, track. It's a micro failure. Yeah, it's a micro failure. Yeah. It ain't always so you're saying you're not a failure. Yeah, you're not a failure. You're not a failure, not a failure in life. <laughs> that point in time, no way, in your life, you're not no a way is he a yeah. failure. You're not a failure. We got to put man. that L. There's an L on the record. Yeah, it's an L. Because, because by the way, it applies as, as, to all of us, as man. It's like you put an album out. You're like, this is my body of work. I love it. I put my heart and soul, and it doesn't commercially do well. Is that a failure to you? See, it's not a failure because not a loss. I'm still going to make money off that. And I'm still gonna please my fans and they still gonna love it, the people who love me. You but see, when you make an album, do you, or maybe your manager, the label, whatever, go, okay, this is the expectation. We wanna, this to be number, or you just go, let's put it out and see what happens. When I'm in the creative stage, I wanna, my only objective is to make myself feel some type of way. Cause I oh, know- Are you looking to make yourself feel the way? Yeah, because I know I'm, I'm one of the most, I, I think I'm one of the most related people relatable people. You know what I'm saying? Like the shoes, the, the path that I walked in life, I feel like a lot of people went through it. You know what I'm saying? So if I can feel it, then I know somebody who hasn't been through it can feel it, and somebody who has been through it gonna feel it for real. When you putting the, the song together, you more so talking to your, making sure like, and you listen to you like, do I feel this? Exactly. If I was listening to this from other artists, how would I feel about it? Got it. Have you ever made a song that you don't like? Yeah, I liked it at the time, but then years ago, I was like, why I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think about that. Remember, so you listen, you go back and listen, like, why the fuck was I doing that? You talk about it with artists, like, Bro, artists, they I could take, take the painting off. off. Yeah, this is the streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be mad you put it out. But haha, same same thing with you, right? It's like yeah. if you you have a skit yeah. or you know a piece of content you're excited about. Mm -hmm. And you put it out, and it doesn't get the likes, views. No, no, he, had to, he tried to do his beginning of stand-up. Ask him about that. Yeah, like yeah. Is, that, is that a failure? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like even when, <laughs> like even with my shows, when I go, like, I sell out all, all around the world. But like some shows be better than other shows, and then we be back there mad about the first show, but the second show will be better. He'd be like, bro, you did your thing, but I'm still mad. I mean, it's not. I can't say it's a failure because I still make people laugh, so I can't say it's a failure. Only way it's a failure if, if they they start throwing frozen tomatoes at me. 
That's when it's a failure. And in the moment, because unlike these guys, mm -hmm. your shit's live. Yes. yes. Do you know you're failing? You know you're failing in the moment? Yeah, you, I mean, when I first started doing stand-up. bomb. <laughs> yeah, you, when I first started doing stand-up, you could have heard two mice having sex. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's how bad it was. And this, Crazy. this 2015 when I first started, because I was already famous. That's what I said, yes. Yeah, so I was already famous, so they were throwing me in front of four or 5,000 people. And then I was, I was bombing. I said, no, I got to go back to the comedy clubs and, and write real jokes. So it took me almost six, seven years just to, to get my set where I wanted it right now. And do you, but you probably be trying jokes with niggas all the time at dinner. All, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's what yeah. comedians always yeah, We've been at sure. dinner and you're like, is that a bit? Are you He's trying, trying to bit? I'm like, yeah. you just trying to bit. Know, we might say a joke out loud to y'all and y'all don't know that we, we trying it out on you. <laughs> we know, bro. Okay, we know, bro. I see it. <laughs> we know, bro. We know, bro. But when you first started on social, did you know you wanted to do stand up? No, my brother, the one who really got me into it, because he's been doing it 20 years. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, he your older brother? Yeah, yeah he's been doing stand-up 20 years. So I, I was just starting off on the internet, and the internet wasn't supposed to take me where it took me to. It was just something to do. And then it just went from having fun to it became a job, and it changed my life. Who knew a cell phone would change my life? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. crazy. You were going to ask something. I was going to say, like, how, how do you gauge on who you're going to have? Because I know you got the people in your personal life who you like, I need you to listen to these jokes and tell yeah. me what you think. Yeah. Do you got the people who like this person? It's hard to make them laugh. So if they laugh, yeah, yeah, that's my that's my brother Barry. He's the only person that I run my jokes by. Like if he laughed, then I know it's it's a good. Cause he joke. a hard critic. He don't laugh at nothing. Like he show me, I show him some on the internet. He be like, bro, this trash. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like, bro, this shit on my face. That is not it. Yeah, yeah. So anytime yeah. I, I write a joke, I always run it past him. Like my entire set over the last six years, I, I ran all my jokes through him. And I know he ain't telling me a lie, cause when I I go on stage and I try it out. The crowd laughing at so I know he always gonna tell me the truth when it comes to like writing a joke. And your social bits, which I think are, there's somebody that I think are hilarious, Carlos, the trainer, a bunch of shit. Yo. Do you write those or you just improv them as you go as no, you shoot them? The, the internet stuff, all improv. I just cut the you, camera on. You just figured I could I tell you. I just cut the camera on and go. You just but, go with yeah, it. Yeah. And like wherever it go, it go. Yeah, you, the people gonna tell you what they like and what they don't like. Yeah. My favorite shit is this finna be a breeze. Oh, this finna be a breeze. <laughs> First time on the shop, this gonna be a breeze. <laughs> so he has real life immediate feedback. And yeah. what you do, you don't have necessarily that immediate feedback. Do you know if you're tanking something? Ooh, tanking. I feel like I'm impervious to a tank at this point. Like, what I do love about stand up, about social media, is that you do get that instant gratification. Yeah, like, for sure. Within a couple of seconds, he knows whether something is going. Yeah. We just did something went viral. Yeah, it went like, viral, yeah. And he told me at the time, we were in Vegas, he was like, oh, this about to go viral. Yeah. He was like, just sit back, big dog. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I just walked up to him, and I was like, let's just shoot. But Oh, really? Yeah, we and just that, shot. Oh, I wasn't I, no, I wasn't planned at all. Nothing planned. We just ran into each other at the bar in Vegas. Yeah. And you had an idea? You. But did you have an idea for him before you saw him, or you got the idea the minute you no, saw him? No, we just had, we just talked back and forth, and I just thought of an idea, like, man, let's shoot this right quick. Let's just shoot. Wow. It was and it just that's made fucking, sense. But for me, that's good. Yeah. But for me, that's, that's 100,000 hours. Yeah. For yes. me. And that's what I believe all of us have done. We put in 100,000 hours over 14 to 12 years of this. Not four years, not 10,000 hours. Like, this is repetition. So when I get a character, I'm looking to get something on the page. I'm looking to get something that's 90 pages, 120 pages, so that I can soak myself into that. And if it's, a, if it's something that's scripted for you know, television, I'm gonna do that over a period of years. So this is me putting my life force into that. I walk differently. I gotta go get a chiropractor for the way that I walk. <laughs> He's gonna do that walk in 60 seconds and get it off. I even watched your behavior, bro. Yeah. He started taking a little bit of the unk behavior yeah. when he was, like this stuff that I see, you, you're really good, bro. I can't wait till we do something live action. Absolutely. But that's the way that I look at things. And sure. you recently had your directorial debut, by the way, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Just clap sure. whatever, it's not a small thing. Yeah. Does that mindset change in front of the camera, behind the camera? Directorially, there's a communication, there's a prep work. There's an eye, there's also the visual that you have to see that's just not like, okay, I'm just extending the, the, the viewpoint that I see as an actor. It's much more over-encompassing than that. What I love about directing is different than what I love about acting. What I love about directing is that we are able to, I'm able to communicate with the hair and makeup. I'm able to 
communicate with uh, stunts and I'm able to get the best out of each individual and those specific skill sets and then bring that to the collaboration and be like, wow, we are really making something that's amazing. As an actor, it's a little bit more selfish. I'm able to say, look, these are the inner workings of the feelings that I feel. This is what I want to convey in this story. And then I'm working along with my other actors and not worrying about any of the world, any of the you know, cameras or any operators outside of that. Very different, but I love both, honestly. What went into like that character though? Cause like me watching Snowfall, like I thought it was real life. I, I fell in love with, with Jerome. Like it, it just felt like real life. It felt like something that wasn't even a TV show. It felt like reality. Like I'm from Harlem. Wherever y'all from, y'all know somebody like Unk because I put that in the DNA of Unk. For sure. That this, this African-American experience, our, our uncles that was, that loved us to the death, that go rob for us, that that that'll love us, but will kill for us. That got an unapologetic look at who they are as black men. If I couldn't, if I couldn't impart that, which is really important to me, if I couldn't import that into this character, I would have failed. So more than anything, the fact that other black men can be like, hey, yo, that's my uncle. Whether they from the West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, South, you know what I mean? Like wherever they at, and even overseas, bro. Still the same feeling. Yeah. They, it's the same feeling. When, when you walked yeah. on set, we were like, oh, unk's in the building. Right, like unk, we heard. That's who we are, though. That's, that's, that's your but uncles, when you, bro. When you walk on set every day, there's also gonna be non-black people watching a show, right, that big. Is there something you're trying to convey that you wish or hope they take from it, non-black people, about the black experience? Like, I'm gonna give them something that they don't understand now. Love is universal. So, whether someone in Barcelona sees this, whether someone in Romania sees this, someone in Africa, it's the same feeling. They know that within their culture, there is someone that has this type of love for their family. Somebody that might be going about it the wrong way. <laughs> right? These are the cautionary tales of every culture. Yeah, of course. But at the end of the day, you can relate because you see the love. When did you know, like, oh, we got a Snowfall's got a chance to go all the way? You know what? I didn't know that initially. And I always want to give props to big brother ancestor John Singleton. John Singleton, right? Our griot, our, our, our storyteller, our, our monument of a legend in our, in our society, in our community. He told us first, first year, second year, we would go on these tours, marketing tours across the United States. And we would go into arenas that would be like sort of packed. People really didn't know the show. <laughs> and John would, we would come back to the hotel and John would be like, what's wrong with y'all? And we'd be like, man, I don't know if people feeling it. Cause as actors, we want instant gratification. But he would be like, yo, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, actors. You're so ungrateful. You don't got no patience. This is going to be a show that has legacy, that has culture. That's what John would say to us. So I didn't realize that very early. Neither did the rest of our cast. But yeah. we stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> The champ is here. I'm ready for you, young blood. But but that's the thing that John, that's the thing that that wisdom, that skill, he knew before he left here, that this was going to be something that was for us, for our culture. And really, when, even when you look at how Snowfall ended, right? Because a lot of people didn't like what happened to Franklin. But that's a cautionary tale. We from places where we know. That broke my heart, man. Bro, even me dying breaks hearts. But yo, how would it happen, though? 
Yeah, that was I'm, tough, I'm ready though. to throw the remote at the TV. Exactly. exactly. That was a tough one. I'm about to throw the remote at the TV. Man, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> no, look, you know how you got them characters on TV show? Like, if he died, I ain't watching it no, no more. No, for real. <laughs> no, for real. I, I, I knew he died before he died. I said, I can't watch it. I didn't, on the last episode, I didn't watch it. You didn't finish it? Come on, you I got to, see, though, V. I couldn't see Yo, him go you out got like to. that. I couldn't see him go The illest scene to me was you and Saint in the diner. Oh. When you guys have that heart-to-heart and you tell him, you know, my whole life changed yeah. watching you grow up or whatever, whatever, and it breaks my heart to see what you've become. And when he pulls the hammer a out on you. bitch-ass, scandalous-ass nigga. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he smacks and he goes, don't you put your hands on me. He goes, what you gonna do? Hits him again? And he pulls the hammer on you. I was like, oh, you can't come back from this. Never. He slapped him, though. Yeah. Twice. Up slap. Jeez. Not even punch. You rather be, I'd rather be punch than slap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't up no slap on me. Don't up no slap on me. Twice? No, but you can, Twice. if they can sleep me, I fall asleep. Yeah, I'd rather yeah, be I'm mad that's man to man, but two slaps. <laughs> Not two of them. You never forget a slap. Seven, by the way. What did you think about, like, the rehydration clause that Ryan accepted? Yeah, I think that was, that was crazy. I, me, personally, I wouldn't have signed up for that. From a pro, explain them what that actually means. So, like, every fight, we, we cut 20, 30 pounds every fight, but some people go lose their weight in the sauna, some people lose their weight in a hot bath, sit in a hot bath, some people lose their weight working out. Me personally, I don't, I don't like the sauna suit, I don't like the hot bath, the sauna, none of that. that it's not healthy for you for, for, for one, and for two, I just don't like the way that it makes me feel. I'd rather go run on the treadmill for an hour. and, and They're sitting there. My fight weight is at 135, mm-hmm. so we everybody weigh in, we all gotta weigh in at a, at a certain limit, like I said, 135. After the weigh in, the day before the fight, we can go up to however much weight we decide. And what's so a typical 10, 15, 15 pounds? 15 so pounds. you go from 135, by the time fight night, you're yeah. wearing 150. At least 150. That's Overnight? Crazy. Yeah, because of water. You can do that with water. Water, yeah. water is eight crazy. to nine pounds. But you got to think, okay. we stri- we're stripping our body of, of everything. All the water, All taking nutrients, everything yeah. out to, to weigh in. So once, like, like, like me, I got a protocol to where Everything that I drink after that win, it holds. Like, I don't just go pee it out. I, yeah. I drink a certain drink to where my body just holds. It's it sucks, sticking. Su- it's sucks, sticking it, on yeah, you. sucks it all the way in. You weigh in the day before, around what time? Weigh normal normally 1 o'clock. So say 1 o'clock Friday when you fight Saturday night. So you got like fight Saturday 30 night. hours. Yeah. You fight so Saturday night. To put all that so in. within that, you have 30 hours you to gain you, 15, 20 pounds. Right? Listen to this. Listen in, Ryan, in Ryan's case, he had to weigh in again Saturday morning, correct? Yes. Which, only 10 pounds. He, he only was able to gain 10 pounds. Which is nothing, right? Nothing. Especially for a, a big guy like him. Like me, like, like I said, at least, like at the least I'm going to gain... 20 pounds. I definitely think he shouldn't have agreed to it. Because Tank is smaller than him, so he's not going to put on as much, right? Exactly. So I am not asking you if you think that the outcome would have been different. What I'm asking is, do you think you, you can only speak for yourself, yeah. would it, that have an effect on your performance? 100%. 100%. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Like Good I said, I, I, would, I couldn't do it. I, I, would be too, I would be too weak. Wow. Yeah, you'd be, that's the key. It's not just you strong or heavier, you yeah. a little weak. Yeah, yeah. you're weak, yeah, because your body is just depleted. You deplete yourself. And honestly, truthfully, I don't think that he was even cutting weight the right way. I don't think he was drinking that much water. You're supposed to be drinking a gallon of water a day. Every day. Gallon to a gallon and a half. Yeah, I don't for think sure. that he just cut, cut the weight, which I could be wrong, but from the looks of it, he looked just dry. He's de- I, listen, he hasn't, and I haven't, I've been trying to cut. The same eight pounds. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in fourteen years. Yeah. Shit, what I, up, bro? I got I literally, I've been trying to. It's like, yeah. it's like this six or eight pounds. I'm like, yeah. if I just get rid of this, it's just that little Mav, piece of meat right here. Man, you gonna wake up? Take. I mean, how you how you take this little piece of meat away? You gotta give us that secret. It's just this little piece of meat right here. It won't go nowhere. Uh, you been you been training like a month. No, you lost. No, I lost fifty pounds. You lost a lot. I lost fifty pounds. What was you, what did you do? Oh, like like he said, I'll be on the treadmill an hour every day. Every day. I, I literally was running an hour. And what every day. was your you know motivation? You know what makes crazy weight though? That stairmaster. Yeah, I, I, I gotta get rid of this little piece right here. You, how long you been trying? No, I've been I've been trying. I've been in the gym for about two years, and my motivation was like I just went I went and looked in the mirror that that one day like bro I like a meatball. We got it. <laughs> nah, but you lost crazy weight. Yeah, I lost 50 pounds. Yeah, wow. but it's that last little piece right here. Like what what what, what do you do like to keep your this this part like tight like that? 
I don't know. I'm always he like training. My athlete. So my shit don't yeah. even come. Yeah, like, like, I never seen But it. he always in shape. You yeah. never. Yeah, so like yeah, when you not I'm training always, for a fight, I'm do you eat crazy? Like you gonna go yeah, get I your burger on the steak? Like, yeah, well, I can eat whatever I want. Okay. But you, but he I work out every day. And I've been working out since I was seven, eight years old. Like, but I never, Devin, even I if you're not in camp, you do something every day. I'm right? always working out. Like, you do something like, every day. I just, I just gotta work out. Like it's therapeutic it, for me. I you know what? It. It's, it's actually a drug. So yeah. you get a release yeah. of chemicals. Yeah. As, I'm, as I'm hearing them talk, I'm like, that's what I've been doing wrong. I haven't been working out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get no release of chemicals. <laughs> So release the chemicals telling me to quit. How <laughs> right. do you work out? I don't. <laughs> I don't. You said work out is the diet. Yeah. Right. I don't work out, bro. But you also a big gamer too. Yeah. Which don't help with working out. That's the That's opposite. A fact. That's a fact. Yeah. You a big gamer, right? Yeah. How often do you play? How often do you game? I probably when I do do it. I do it for like five to eight hours, right? That's a that's a shit. But, I but you turned it into a business. I was just gonna say, yeah. you're not just playing, you turn it into a business. I use a business for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do it for like five to eight hours whenever I can do it. And I average like five days out the month. Oh, so not a whole lot, but yeah. I mean, but when you do it, you go hard. When I do it, I go exactly. What did you do to turn into what were you were you just playing or did you start playing because you was like, I'll make this into a business? I started playing because it was COVID. But I've been playing games all my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Like, bros, they've been boxing. I've been playing games all my life. So I'm good at whatever game. Mm-hmm. Automatically, anyway. You feel me? So I'm playing with these other little kids, and they're like, bro, you actually good. Like, rappers are horrible. <laughs> you feel me? And you on there as T Grizzly? Yeah. People, okay. See, that's like me. I can't play the game. I'm, I, I hate losing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not good. Like, these niggas is good these days. Yeah. First of all, the game's done changed, bro. <laughs> For sure. The games ain't what the fuck I came up with, bro. Like, yeah. what the fuck? You got to do all this. It's a lot. Nigga, can I do a crossover and get to the fucking rim, nigga? What the fuck? Wait, so you on there as T Grizzly, so the kids know they playing with T. Some of them don't believe it's actually me. Like, some people done told me, bro, you is not you is not him, bro. <laughs> T Grizzly wouldn't be sitting here playing the game right now. <laughs> <laughs> you should be doing the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then one of them told me one day, like, man, you should start streaming. You feel me? Like, it's COVID. Everybody in the house, like, people will come watch it. You get some, you know what I'm saying? So I started it. I didn't even know how to set it up. I paid somebody just come to my crib and just set everything up. But I wanted to where I only got to push the button, and that's all I got to do. But you get on Twitch or something? Yeah, on Twitch. You ain't got to turn that shit into a business. That's a hustle. You ain't got to tell us exactly my what the money look like. Just give us a ballpark. <laughs> he's trying, he's I'm about to start doing this. Said, man, so I ain't got to leave the house. He's trying to get on the microphone. I'm going to keep it a buck. He's trying to get on huh? the stage. Millions, bro. Millions. Millions. Right. You millions. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get up out of here, yo. Yeah. Wait, off wait, Twitch. Yeah. How much talk on Not the, just off Twitch, though. How much talk on the sticks? Oh, what else you do? What you do? So you got to basically, OK, so I stream it on Twitch, right? And I get paid off Twitch. And then I take the video off Twitch, put it on YouTube, upload it to YouTube. You feel me? And that's a whole nother um, avenue. But it's like making money off one thing five, six different ways. Oh, got it. You feel me? It's harder but, than what you think. I know, it's real hard. You're going to be good. Like, and if you talk shit, don't about. they talk shit? Like me, they I'm do. a late starter. I'm, I can't, I'm, 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 I'm too old for that that's shit. That's not now. the key, like, though. I'm going to tell you, like, the key right now, because there's people that's amazing that ain't making no money. The thing is, entertainment. Yeah. Like if you get on there, you can make people laugh. You can have a conversation with people. That's where the money at. Yeah, because you're an entertainer. Exactly. You yeah. So I'm watching you, but I'm really exactly. watching you play the game. But I'm here to get a piece of your personality. Yeah. I, like I watch you play the game. You could be. You ain't got to be super competitive. But we have entertainers watching you though. Totally. You feel me? But did you know you were entertainers since you were a kid? Did your, was you the kid in the family always like getting yeah. up in front of Thanksgiving and shit and doing? See, it, it wasn't. I ain't even do it for my family. I get around my family. I try to stay away from them. My grandma uh, make me do some shit in front of the whole family, embarrassing, you feel me? So I stay away from them. But at school, though, I used to show out at school. That's what I knew. I'm like, oh, yeah, make the classroom laugh and just be Get the girls shit. and shit. Yeah, yeah, just stuff like that. Was you like that, huh? Was you always the, the guy at, at family at the picnics right. and shit, making people laugh? I was a class clown. Like, I, I, brought, I didn't graduate from uh, elementary, I ain't graduated from middle school. I ain't graduated. <laughs> what you mean? Like I always got put out when, before graduation. <laughs> Fourth grade, I got put out. Just being, just being dumb and reckless. You know what I mean? I, I got put out my eighth grade year. I got into a fight. I hit the principal in the head. They didn't put me out. My eleventh grade year, just doing dumb shit, got put out. 
I, and then I had to go to our alternative school for my 12th grade year, and I ended up graduating from our alternative school my 12th grade year. So it was always just a class clown. And at home with, with family, too, you was always making everybody laugh? Yeah, my family ain't never think I was funny, though, but now that we got the money, I'm hilarious for everybody. <laughs> they laughing for no reason. Family. No, they, they just yeah. start laughing since they see Anything season. I say now, they be just dying laughing. I was never funny to y'all before I became who I am, though. Now we got the money, so everything's sure. hilarious. Yeah. Devin, when you go in the ring, you, you think about, like, I got to also entertain, I got to win the fight. But also show the crowd. Yeah, like to they, an extent. To an extent. Like you you think that before the fight, but once you get in there, you be so tunnel vision. You, you don't have time to think about no. nobody, no your family, the crowd, none of that. You just mm. think about tunnel vision. Somebody punching at you. You yeah. wanna win. You that's all you can think about is your game plan, what you gotta do, and to win. Yeah, the thing I've always been blown away by is that no one else in the world besides boxers will ever know the feeling of that walk from the locker room mm. to the ring. The ring walk, my favorite part Man. of sport. If you ain't mentally prepared for that, that shit how you make you shit on yourself. That's like, Ooh. that's a long walk. You can feel Ooh. it in your stomach? What? You feel all that. Like, I mean, at this point now, it's like, I'm, I didn't did it so many times, so now it's like, I know what to expect. But if you, if it had been in times where Blue, 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 blue. Bubble guts. Yeah, you get them bubble guts. You, you, you want to turn around. Like, nah, fuck this. Ooh. Turn around. Turn around. Ooh, yeah. I want to do this shit. This shit really ain't for me. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I appreciate you can admit that because that's a you. You're a human. Yeah. We all, you get that. Yeah. No matter how hard, how hard you train, how good you is, nothing can, can prepare you for that walk by mm. just doing it. Yeah, it's just going through it. It's probably the same when you go on stage. You, it's real. I was going to say that. Yeah, like, to this day, I'll be like, a little bit, really? you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, can I do day. this? Wow. Yeah. To this day. I know the same for you before oh, you go on stage. stand-up a different beast. And, and yeah. with the stand-up, like, you feel like, what if they don't even think this shit funny? What if, like, exactly. you know what I'm saying? That's, like, that's like, part of it. I'd had that feeling, like, bro, because, like, especially if somebody rocking the crowd before you go out, oh. I'd be like, bro, I'm finna get up out of here. I don't even want to go out there. And that's hey. the same thing with boxing, because yeah. with, with, it'd be, it be undercar fights. A nigga go in there and slap. Yeah. Well, you see, you see him coming in on a stretcher. Yeah. Like, oh. Shit. <laughs> it's real out there. One of the main goals for each episode of The Shop is to share and learn from the unique experiences of all our guests as we curate conversations with those who are shaping culture. What I've learned is that through the journey, you know, all the hard work, the hustle, and the consistency, it's always important to celebrate your wins. So do it in style and raise a glass to toast the unforgettable moments that continue to make us who we are. Toast to your wins with a Grey Goose Martini cocktail. Check out greygoose.com for smooth tasting recipes. And remember, sip responsibly. The Shop Podcast is presented by Grey Goose Vodka. And y'all two both from Detroit, which is. And we are both from the DA, which is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. the DA's in the building. What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? I'll be forgetting we were from the city. My dad. Was... How you gonna forget that? No, because we always working, because we ain't never home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We always on the road. My yeah. dad is my dad is a bit like, I'm gonna say, my dad did seven years in the feds for uh, a distribution of cocaine, conspiracy to distribute cocaine, but he did. You ain't wanna feel like you were scared. You ain't wanna say them charges. Say that, but she was in the nineties, man. Yeah, we, we, we get it. He, yeah. was he know the exact code. What's yeah. the code? He got you. He did five or four in Milan, Michigan, as a fair joint. Milan, yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. the one thing he would always tell me stories, and the, like we're niggas from DC, and the one thing he always say about Detroit niggas, he'd be like, man, Detroit niggas ball today, fall. They For don't. Sure. They go. So it's this thing about Detroit where y'all hustle. But what is it about Detroit that gives y'all that? Like you turn social media into, a, and like you, I watch you. I've been watching your career obviously from first day out. Now I was reading, you like I don't even make videos no more music. I'm making movies, and your next mm. album is gonna be this movie. Like y'all all is that just a thing y'all grow up? Call like, me T. I think I think Thanks, I think T. Fuzz. What is it? Yeah. I think Detroit. I think it's really just us just coming from nothing and wanting to be something. You know what I mean? And, and, and showing people that that hustler mentality, bro. Because like. Like me, I ain't grow up with no father. Like I always say, like me not having no love for my father. I said I want love from the world. If I can't get love from my father, I'll make the world love me. And that's what I went and did. I went and made the world love me because I, I only wanted love from this one man, and I couldn't get it. Wow. So I said if I can't get it from you, I'm gonna make the world love me. So let me ask you this: So do you kind of owe him your career? Yeah. And do you think about that ever? Like, damn, yeah, maybe I owe him. I, my I definitely do, cause like if he was in my life, 
he probably would have told me, hey, that, that social media thing ain't gonna work, Bullshit. get you a job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not, you feel me? Yeah. Me, so do you think about that though, I'm saying? Absolutely, like, that's all a the deep, time. That's a deep thing you just said. Absolutely, I always think about it like, man, what if my father was in my life? His p- opinion would have mattered more. He'd be like, man, that social media thing, go get you a job. But him not being in my life allowed me to know. Like, what do you know him say now? That, though? What if he was like, go ahead, do that. That shit good. So, I mean, he just—he just my sperm donor, so the world will never know. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Do you so, know him now? I, no, he live in—he live in my granddad's attic. Like, that's what's crazy about it. Like, I, I only talk to him through the door. <laughs> you a dumbass. <laughs> 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 I'm real shit. Yo, you for real? Yo, this is skin, bro. Yo, like when I when He's I go trying, to my granddad's attic, he Yo, bro. So do you slide him money under the door? Yeah, he slide him twenty in money. I'll get him on the 40, 40 you know what I mean? yeah. Like when I come over, I, I, I literally hear him stumping up the stairs. He don't want to see me. I don't know if it's an embarrassment thing or what. Do you mean literally or no? Like, I'm not for real. You can't trust comedians. No, see, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I'm trying to it. figure it out. I'm improving like my man ain't was talking to That's the kind of relationship we got through the door. Like, what's that movie, Lottery Ticket, where he was where he would talk through the, the door? Lottery Ticket. Yeah, yeah. that's the type of relationship we got. He's trying to bet on us right now. Nah. 100%. 100%. You feel the same way, though, T? That Detroit hustle. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I feel like with us, the hustle start early. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It starts super early from like walking to the stove. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how I'm gonna get this? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I used to do stuff like, man, I used to have to put a whole strategy together. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go egg the people car down the street. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna walk around like I'm washing cars, make them pay me to wash their car. <laughs> or you need your grass cut, snow shovel. It just start early. I gotta get some money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because Detroit one of the only places you will see a two thousand dollar house, one of the windows gone, and you will see a Rolls Royce parked on the grass outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? No Detroit is like that for sure. Yeah, for sure. it's just like the hustle there is just different. Yeah. You know See, let sure? me let me ask you your your upbringing, the things you've gone through is well documented. Mm-hmm. I was thinking you were saying, Uncle, what we all go through as a community. Mm-hmm. You think you'd be the artist? you are today if you didn't go through the struggle you went through? Nah, I wouldn't know how to be this artist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even know how to be this artist. I probably wouldn't even want to be this artist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not easy being the artist that I am. You feel what me? What part is not, what's the hardest part? Or the hardest parts? The hardest parts is like, every artist want, want, this, want this type of commercial success on a certain level of commercial yes. success. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That's every artist's dream. But at the end of the day, you have to, you gotta just be a certain way. And I'm just not that way. No matter if I even try to dress it up, I still got I still got this on me. You know what I'm saying? You What's this me meaning like? Like this, like I didn't been in prison, family done been in prison. You know what I'm saying? Close family members got killed. You know what I'm saying? Some got killed while I was right there. And this is all documented. You feel me? And everybody not going to attach themselves to that. No matter that, I'm not even on no bullshit. Right. You feel me? I'm really chilling. I really don't want no trouble. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been going through it all my life. You know what and, I and it's love. Crazy. It's crazy with artists. She just got out. She just got out. It's crazy with artists because it be like, damn, like niggas want to be in the streets and niggas want to glorify this shit. And I'm really from the streets, and that's the last thing I want to do. I always say that. Mm-hmm. Like, niggas be wanting to get out, get out, and then want to go back. Like, nah, hell no. Nah. I don't to get out. I'm going the other way. But, but, but sometimes we paint our pictures so well, so vivid, you know? Like, I ain't, I'm not going to lie. I grew up around some of my people that went to jail that I would fantasize about going to jail just because they painted the picture so vividly. Yeah. What's beautiful about Y'all young men is that y'all painting a picture so vivid that isn't exactly that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully y'all live the, the life of a 40-year-old because most of y'all ain't thinking that y'all going to be 40. Mm-hmm. And when you get there and have the privilege that y'all have of seeing things the way y'all do, y'all going to be able to impart that to a younger generation that see y'all coming up like this. That's a privilege that I didn't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. I thought you were supposed to die young. And I know that y'all think y'all supposed to die young too, coming from where you're from. Mm-hmm. I'm 45 years old and I'm at peace with being 45 and alive. Absolutely. 
to tell a story like Unk that a lot of other young men weren't able to tell. The, your dad, he was talking about his dad, his relationship with his dad, yours is the opposite. Yeah. Your dad got you started boxing because you was fighting like crazy. Mm -hmm. And you guys know this story? Yeah. He was fighting I see, like I see in school and his dad, like, I'm gonna take you to the boxing room. If you wanna fight. Oh, that happened to me. Let's go fight then. That's how you got in the boxing room. How old were you? I was like seven, eight years old. And um, I was fighting a lot of school, but I always loved to fight. I always been like good at fighting since I was a young kid. So one day my, I got in trouble for fighting at school. And my dad was like, you know, you wanna, you wanna fight? I'm gonna take you to the boxing gym and you're gonna get beat up. And every <laughs> time you keep fighting in school, I'm gonna keep bringing you back to the gym. So I'm like, I'm not scared. So um, my first day in the boxing gym, I sparred. And, um, Which, by the way, is great. No one boxes, no, that's, that's, no one spars their on first day, day in boxing. Like, that's like an eight-month-in <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or they throw yeah. you in there to teach you a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. And you're supposed to learn. <laughs> yeah, long story short, I did, I did good. Like, I got the best of the guy that was, uh, the kid that was boxing way longer than me. I still like, I really didn't care for boxing like that. I was playing football at the time too. So I was like, all right, like, I told you I could fight. <laughs> but um, I just basically, long story short, I just stuck with it and stopped playing football, stopped playing basketball, stopped getting into trouble. And uh, here I am. When did, did you, you know? I was just gonna ask, when did you realize you're like, oh, this could, I could take this all the way? So like, I wanna say I was like, 10, 11 years old. Oh, that's early. And my football team, we lost every game. Like, we lost <laughs> every game. Like, like, but you gotta think when, when, when you're young, them kids, they don't like, they don't really care. They don't take it serious. Like, of course. I was competitive. I always hate to lose. So it was like, nah, like, I can't be, I can't be losing. Like, this shit is bad. So the last game of the season, I was like, I quit. I'm done. I'm done. We lost every game. This shit not for me. Y'all don't, don't care about winning. I care about winning. I'm not about to just be losing because of y'all. I'm about to go into boxing where if I lose, it's because of me. Like I can control like, you know, my own destiny. So I have a very pointed opinion that some people disagree with me that, that when I show up to see you and Lomo fight, mm -hmm. or whoever fighting, the part of boxing that I love is you might lose. Like I yeah. like that you're willing to risk it. Like you're willing to get in there and like, Lomo's a great fighter. Yeah. I think you're gonna kick his ass, but he's a great fighter. So, but this thing of like, a, a great boxer never supposed to lose has become a thing. That's the difference with, with, with boxing from any other sport. Like, Steph Curry can lose a thousand games and he's still great. Miss a thousand LeBron, shots. LeBron, same thing. Jordan, whoever, football, Tom Brady, whoever it is, they can lose as many times as they want, but still be great. And boxing, they, they, make it, they made it, Floyd made it to where if you lose. That's what we said. You're not, you're, you're no But that's not great. true. Not, I disagree with that. But it's just, it's just how. It's you just subscribe how, to that? You think if you lose, no, you're no, out no, of the no, conversation? No, no, of course not. Canelo's lost. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm willing to put it on the line every time because. This man putting it on the line. That's why he's. A young I man putting fight, it man. on the line I, with a, with a, with a OG too. But I also feel like I'm the best as well. So I don't even think about losing, but I know that it's possible. I mean, it's, when you go in there, you, you take that risk. But um, I'm willing to risk it all to, to, to win big. I'm, I'm betting on myself every time. But Devin, it's interesting. You're undisputed champ. Well, let's give it up. Give it up for champ. Undisputed champ. Like 24. Crazy, man. What? Do you feel you have more to prove? This is just the beginning for me. Like, so I, I got so much success early in my career because I turned pro at 17. Man, I got so much to prove. I got a long way to go. Even though I've done like the, the ultimate in the sport of boxing, but I'm gonna just keep just setting new goals, new goals, new goals, and uh, you know, striving for more. Yeah, and I was reading when you were first turned pro at 17, you used to fight in Mexico? Yeah. How many fights did you have down there? I wanna say I had like 11, 11 fights in Mexico. What's your dad used to drive, you used to just go, how yeah, did you? Yeah, we, we, we used to drive to Mexico. He was looking for that work. In bars, he used to fight. Could you? Yeah, because I used to fight in bars, no like chance. real life, real but life. Because you work. couldn't turn pro yeah, here yet, yeah, so he had to go do it. So like I, I petitioned to, to to get my boxing license in California, and they they turned me down. They said I was too young, you know. They didn't want me to get hurt. They didn't want it to be like a liability. So 
it was like go to it was like you can go to Mexico and get experience, and then you know once we see that, you, or get your ass kicked, yeah, yeah, yeah. or not, yeah. or win the fight, and not make it out the bar. Yeah. No, no, they no, want you because you're fighting exactly. against a hometown guy. You can win and lose. Yeah. Oh, for sure, night. for yeah. sure. Sometimes winning is losing. Even if you were to lose, it's still experience. So yeah, of course. You might lose, and you can still come back and show that you know that that you're able that that you are good enough to compete. We was going to Tijuana fighting against a whole bar full of Mexicans <laughs> that's just rooting Hometown guys, yeah, they, and the yeah. whole place against you. Yeah, he do anything. Any, if he just even come close to hitting you, the whole bar goes crazy. <laughs> I remember one time I slipped. I thought they was going to count it as a knockdown. The way that the whole bar went crazy, and I just slipped because it was some water on the floor. But it just, it just like, it molded me. Like, it made me, like, once I was able to fight in the U.S., in front of my people, it was easy. Crowd, it was like, oh yeah, this is, I like this. Talk about your dad again. It's funny. He at first took you to boxing as punishment. Now he talk more shit than you. Right. Possibly on it. Possibly on it. Pops just needed to prove it. Yeah. Yo, how you feel about that? No, I love it. My pops, like, if I anything, if anybody say anything bad, he's gonna go at you. Like, I love I've been that. telling him like. My pops would be on like like little YouTube channels with like three viewers arguing. Like, you keep arguing with everybody. You could be you could be fighting for the rest of your life. And what's crazy, the boxers is like the like my rivals, my peers, they hate him more than they hate me. <laughs> I'm like, man, why, why y'all hate him so bad? He just talking shit. I'm I'm wanna go in there and take your head off. Pop, pop, right I, I love to see a father. Be loving. Yo, it's so it's so strong, especially in this society, B. It, it feels really good to see fathers banging for their son. Who do you think are your rivals, by the way? You said your rivals. Um, Tank, of course. Um, what did you think of the fight, Tank and Ryan? I thought it was a good fight. I think that Ryan went in there and doubted himself, and he, I, I feel like he quit, True, truthfully. I feel like whatever Tank put on him early, he felt it, and he was like, you know, this is not something I want to do. Have you been hit with something before that make you re-question whether no, you want to be in the ring? See, what a lot of people don't know is when you go in there and you fight under them lights, them small gloves, everything hurts. All that shit hurts. Yeah, oh, yeah do it. What? On the arms, everything. Everything, everything. All that shit hurts, but we just, we just different breeds. But do it hurt in the moment or hurt after you realize after the fight? Like, damn, that nigga hit me in the arm. I don't even. Yeah. It's like, when he hit me right there, I don't know. Yeah, he hit me yeah, right there. <laughs> no, what I'm saying it is, hurt in the do moment. you feel like you've been hit with that shot? Or hurt? Yeah, 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 yeah for you've sure. You've been hit with that under shot. The, yeah. It's it a, under the fight, uh, I fought a dude named Linares. He hurt me so bad. He hit me. I didn't even feel it. I didn't even know that I was hurt. It was not- Where he hit you at? Where he got you? On the chin. <laughs> <laughs> on the butt? Yeah. Right on the- That was the crazy thing is I didn't even feel it though. Like it wasn't like, oh, that was a good shot. I'm walking back to the corner, legs a little fucked oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> you like, I'm good. I'm actually good. I didn't even, but I still didn't know until the whole crowd went crazy. Yeah. And I smiled because I then, then I, I'm getting my senses and I'm realizing wow. what's going on. Yeah. All that shit is experience. No great fighter has 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 fought and, and been great and not been hurt. Of course. Yeah. So it's all experience. That's what I love. Real you shit. put. That's the difference in boxing and every other sport. Why I love. Boxing the most, like you were talking about other sports, like a, a, a fuck up for Tom Brady is called an interception. Mm -hmm. A fuck up for a boxer is you sleep. You sleep. Like if Tom Brady missed throw on a pass, Lights out. intercepted, he go to the side and figure it Absolutely. out. Absolutely. If you don't get back on the telephone and you hear instead of here, you yeah. lights out. That putting that on the line is a whole It's a whole different, different story. That's yeah. a whole yeah. different yeah. mindset. It's like, embarrassing. Yeah. And the like, embarrassment. Like if Steph yeah. Curry and LeBron miss a shot in the fourth, they, they messed that up. Yeah. They, they threw a turnover. But boxing, you go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Different type of nap. <laughs> In the shop, we're blessed to have guests such as yourself that have attained a certain level of success, right? Like whether it's massive roles and success or stand up and millions of followers, you know, critically acclaimed albums, you know, belts. At one point in your lives, success looked like where you're at. Right, success was to get a belt. Success was to have an amazing album or a sold out tour. Success was to have a show. Success was to have a. What happens once you reach that in your careers? Are there new goals? Like, what success look like once you're successful? I feel like when you get to the second floor, you see the third. When you get to the third, you see the fourth. So on and so forth. You just keep going. Yeah. Now for me, I, I feel like it's just watching people who on, on that next level. Like for me, the, the higher I get, I always watch Kevin Hart. 
because don't, don't matter how big Kevin get, he always working. He ain't never working. I'll be trying to, anytime I see Kevin, I'll be like, bro, what keep you motivated? And it's, he always tell me like, who else gonna do it? So that's my motivation to try to get to where he at so and take some pressure off him. Like I'm chasing what he already got. But do you ever get nervous you do it? Cause you are, you've expanded, right? You have the animated series. You started the Big Fellas Tour. <clears throat> then you got your everyday shit. You work, you do put out a lot. Like it's the yeah, everyday grind. All the time. Do you ever feel like I'm doing, how do, I, how do you manage to think about my spread myself too thin? I'll be always asking my team like, bro, am I putting out too much content? And they be like, no, you're not putting out too. I feel like I ain't putting out enough. And I might put out six or seven videos a week. And the thing about uh, social media comedy is, it's like that instant gratification. It's only right now. So I might get three, 400,000 likes on a video. By tomorrow, they're going to forget. They moved on. They done moved on. It ain't like, like, T, if you put a song out, it's going to go for a year, two, three years. Like, social media is right now. You got you to gotta keep on coming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I, it's never enough content to be So it's out. never enough. No, it's never enough. But then you see, to your point, you see people like, I know you had lunch with Jay. And the, and the famous thing, like, everybody say the 500,000 or the, the dinner with Jay. You happy you took the lunch with him? No, I'm definitely, I, I enjoyed the lunch with Jay. I, like, Jay, when I, when I met Jay, like, bro, I ain't never seen a man that sat down, his shirt didn't wrinkle. Like, what type of money is that? What type of money Jay got to where his shirt didn't wrinkle? And when we was sitting down, Jay, they asked him, was we hungry? And Jay was like, no, I'm straight. But we was starving, but we couldn't be the only one eating. And Jay not eating, so we left there starving. And we had the conversation. We didn't even get the, we didn't even get the lunch. But we had the, the conversation. You say that, too, because I met with Jay, too. I yeah. went to his house. Yeah. I met with him for, like, two, three hours. Yeah. Bro, I don't remember nothing he said when I left. Like, yeah. It was like, it was just like, I don't know. But like, it was a surreal moment. Why? Because yeah. you were like in awe? Like, it was, I was in awe. It was like, yeah. I, I never been starstruck. When, yeah, I, when I went to Jay's house, Beyonce answered the door. I'm like, now that's something different. I didn't get that treatment. You got a little different <laughs> treatment than I got. Beyonce <laughs> right there. Unc, I do want to give you the chance. Success. What six? I mean, you, you're coming off maybe the most successful show this year of Snowfall. Yeah, we got to clap it up for that, though. Yeah, we got to clap for it up. Sure. For sure. Snowfall, man. For sure. And you being not just a six, but like, the character, right? Like we talked about earlier, what success look like for you from this point? Success is legacy. Look, I got to put a, a, a real strong character in the zeitgeist. I got to do that. I got to be everybody's uncle. I'm not ashamed of that. Somebody see me out in the street, call me uncle. That's what I worked for. But then it's about deconstructing that, getting back into the lab and making another character just as impactful you know, with as much integrity as the last one that I did. And success is making sure that my family is good, making sure the people that I came up with is good, my wife, my children, making sure that I have a balanced life. That's what success is for me right now. How do you separate yourself from the last character when you play it so good? Like, Great it, it's, you become it's, it. it's characters out there where I only know them like as that character like mm -hmm. that. So how do you separate yourself from the last character to you know, the, the next character. I always say there's a way to get in and to get out of a character. A lot of people know a way to get in, but they don't know a way to get out. Like you need the same type of intention of getting in, like getting in to Unk. I had to take the music of the times, which wasn't 80s, which was really 70s, because he's mm. an older nigga, right? Yeah. So I had to be able to go, okay, what's, what's, the, what's the George Clinton shit feel like? What's the, you know what I mean? Like, what does, the, what does a person that's migrating from Louisiana or Texas or Alabama that's coming to LA, that they was born somewhere else and then they take on the Los Angeles lifestyle, the South Los Angeles lifestyle, right? What do they wear? What's their influence on television? What, is, it, is it black exploitation films? This is the all Mac, your preparation This is for the all character. my preparation yeah. to, to be on. So I have to look at all of that stuff and then be able to say, all right, that's how I got into it. How do you get out? How do I get out? If you don't have a way to get out, it'll stick with you. And a lot of times we'll see people that'll deal with that in real life. We'll see them have things going on in real life where it's like, why is fan playing like his character? That's not who you are. You know what I mean? So you gotta be able to wipe that away, have a clean slate, know who you are, get back to your, you know, your dean, who you are, your foundation, and then build upon that for the next character. That's part of the work. Is there I never a dream? heard it explained like that. Yeah, no, it's That's what happened, unfortunately, who I love was Gandolfini. He yeah, became Tony, Tony Soprano. Soprano yeah. and it, 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 like, you know, he couldn't get out of it. He never really got out of it. It's Joker tough. Is, too, I heard. I heard huh? First of all, heard Joker was like that know Joker a, was the same thing. Y'all know it's addictive, right? It's addictive. It's addictive 
to to like the the success of a character that people like you. A lot of people haven't been liked. You've been an actor, you good, oh, but you haven't point. been liked to the point of, yo, unk, yeah. that's my, you know, you the, what if I love that? In the mind life. doesn't know the difference from a truth and a lie. It just knows the repetition. So Muscle you gotta memory. know. Yeah. Me and Mav were actually talking about this. I heard a, uh, a Yo Gotti bar. He said uh, something like bulletproof vest, bulletproof whip. I wasn't this gangster when I was a gangster. Mm-hmm. Do you feel your life has changed coming from the streets and being a rapper now? How has that changed? Yeah, because it's like when you in the streets, your moves is low. Don't nobody know nothing. Now that you got this, you know what I'm saying, this light on you and this, these, all these eyes on you, you exposed to everybody, everybody who hates you and everybody who love you. Matter of fact, with some artists, it is a character. Even for myself, the character is becoming, cleaning yourself up and becoming a better person and watching what you say when you go out in front of cameras and people. That's the character. Gotcha. It's becoming better. Mm. But ha, for you also, you must get people coming to you all the time like, yo, man, do that one. Oh, my God. Make me laugh. Make me laugh. <laughs> make, me, make me laugh. Dude, how you handle it? I always take all the pictures and I always say all the lines. Like, but sometimes I do get tired of hollering, big yeah. fellas, God. <laughs> I get tired of hollering sometimes. <laughs> but at the same time. But it's your job. It's your job. What about that, that kid that might, they might never see you again? So that one time that they did see you, I want you to leave, you know, like, hey, I met Ha-Ha one time. He was cool in the month. <laughs> Because you might never see me again in his life. Or but, if you were having a bad day, he was an asshole. He was an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the only impression they're going to ever have you. Like, man, how was an asshole? Only thing I'm going to see you do is cardio with Ricardo. That's my favorite. What? <laughs> Whoa! 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 That's a classic. They got eight reps. Whoa! Wait, what did Will Smith call you? Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Big up, hey. <laughs> hey, 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 can you say Big Better? Thanks for listening to The Shop Uninterrupted. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the show. For full video episodes, check out Uninterrupted's YouTube channel. And for weekly show updates, follow The Shop Uninterrupted on social media. You're listening to The Shop Podcast, presented by Grego's Vodka. Whether it's a dinner party for 10 or a small kickback, you know the vibes will always be right if you're surrounded by your favorite people. And great company pairs best with a great cocktail. So make it a Grey Goose Martini cocktail. Impress your guests in style with an espresso martini or the always effortless classic martini with a lemon twist. No matter what you decide, everyone can appreciate the smooth, delicate taste that only a Grey Goose vodka martini can provide. For more info on how to craft a vodka-based cocktail, visit greygoose.com and remember to always sip responsibly. Sip responsibly. www.responsibledrinking.org. 2024, Grey Goose. Its trade dress and the geese device are trademarks. Imported by Grey Goose Importing Company, Coral Gables, Florida. Vodka, 40% alcohol by volume. Distilled from French wheat.